0: You are listening to iRadio TT, online, all the time. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to Music Matters, the Caribbean edition. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, subscribe, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Music Matters Caribbean. And if you want to listen to our previous podcasts and keep up with our new material, check out the website podcast.iradio.tt or listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Radio Public, and more of your favorite podcast platforms.
1: Welcome to Music Matters, the Caribbean edition, the podcast series featuring news, interviews and analysis of all the music
0: from the islands. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Music Matters.
2: The Caribbean edition. I am Laura Dowridge-Phillips.
0: And I am Nigel Campbell. And once again, we're talking about the business of music here in the Caribbean.
2: Yes, we are, Nigel. And we are here in the Christmas season. <laughs> the <laughs> 2020 is... What happened? Why you laughed?
0: <laughs> no, well, you, just as you said, 2020 is one of those years you wish could just go away. I mean, it has devastated certainly live music carnival creation of, yes. of music. It's, it's been a really bad year. I mean, COVID has done a, a monster job on the Caribbean music industry, Trinidad yes. music and the wider Caribbean.
2: Yes, and you know, I mean, there's, there have been some good and some bad, but um, it has really helped us to focus more on the music and the music industry as we have seen. It has really laid everything bare.
0: Mm.
2: Really forced a lot of people in the industry to really consider the industry as a business. Correct. And a way
0: Correct and and to think and to rethink and as a famously like to use this phrase to pivot to yes. pivot as it was to see what is the new opportunities out there what are the new opportunities out there and how best to exploit them and things. and I know that today's yes. guest is part of that wider Caribbean thrust in the business of music so Laura please do the introduction yes
2: yeah, so so we are uh you Know, we are a regional podcast. We are about the business of music. We speak a lot about soca and what's happening in Trinidad and Tobago and, and soca across the Caribbean because soca is very much a Caribbean genre. But today we are going to look at the Jamaican music industry because that the Jamaican music industry has definitely been in the spotlight during these COVID times. I mean, we had the Versus with Beanie and Bounty, we, you know, a lot of albums coming out. We have, no. we've had. Recent weeks with the Grammy nominations, a lot of discussions around that. There have been a lot of discussions about the Jamaican music industry. So today we have with us Mr. Lloyd Stanbury, mm-hmm. and he is a Jamaican, hailed as a Caribbean pioneer in the field of entertainment law. His expertise and experience span a wide range of related activities in the creative and cultural industries, including law. Media management, artist management, music promotion, event promotion, research, creative industries, policy development, lecturing, and project management. He has worked for the likes of Chronics, Protege, Agent Sasco, the late Garnet Silk. So, this is he is co-founder of the first, world's first all reggae radio station, Irie FM. I could go on and on. He's a very accomplished and knowledgeable the ideal person, guest, and we're very pleased him to music matters the caribbean edition welcome mr stanbury hi how are you
1: and thanks for having me thank you for being here i hope you're hearing me clear enough
2: yes mr stanbury thank you so much for your time it is indeed a pleasure to be able to speak with you this morning um like I said just now, we've seen so much happening in the Jamaica music industry. there have been so much, so many discussions happening around the state of the music, around reggae, around the, you know, where dancehall is. Um, could you tell us from your perspective wh- what's going on in the industry right now in Jamaica?
1: Um, well, you know, like most other places, you know, we have been severely affected by the pandemic. I'm not so sure what's gonna happen when we when we get past this situation. Um, I'm hopeful that, you know, most of the artists and persons involved will survive because it, it is really a very hard time for, you know, most persons involved in the entertainment industry. And the entertainment industry seems like one of the last industries that will get back on stream. You know, we're not going to be at the front of the line, so to speak. It doesn't appear as if that is going to be the case. So I think most of the artists and other practitioners in Jamaica have had to try to resort to other activities. You know, I know a lot of artists have, you know, gone back into the countryside and getting into farming, you know. Um, so we are trying to weather the storm, basically, that's how I would want to put it. Um, a lot of people have spent, been able to spend more time in studio, um, those who can access a studio. Um, so I think people are probably creating a lot of stuff that hopefully we'll be able to enjoy, um, pretty soon, but it has been really, um a major setback, you know, not being able to travel, not being able to perform live. And live performance is, as you know, is like the mainstay of, you know, persons in the music industry. Uh, not nice. many artists actually generate sufficient income from their recordings. You know, so they, they really make money by being on the road performing and, and that, that has not happened for about a year now. And it's looking like it could be in close to another year yeah, before looks, yeah. we get back on track. You know, so we are we're struggling like everywhere else. You know, but you know yes. there are people who are also creating their own um, excitement. Excitement,
0: in the I like of, that word.
1: <laughs> excitement, yes, in the midst of of the pandemic. You know, but we we are in a very bad way, like most other places.
2: That is very interesting. It, it, there's certainly a lot of parallels to what's happening in Trinidad and Tobago across the region, definitely. A lot of artists have been very dependent on the gig culture. And uh, as you said, that's been shut down due to COVID. Um, and we've seen so much happening in the virtual space. So one of the things that struck me, because I do a lot of reporting now on Jamaican music and the music industry and what artists are doing. One of the things that struck me is how prolific the industry is. there albums coming out, multiple albums coming out every month so the so people are still working they're still putting music out even if it's not a full album they're still doing their eps and you know following the industry one of the things that really struck me is it seems that in music in jamaica it's still searching for a place in the world it's still searching for some sort of validation maybe acknowledgement i look at the discussions that have been happening around dancehall in particular Um, coming off of Adversus, which was so successful in terms of views and, you know, the prominence it had had, and the discussions about, you know, the disrespect when Billboard didn't put the Bini and Bounty on its cover, and and with the Grammy nominations, dancer-artists are still saying, well, why aren't we being considered in, in, in the reggae category? And so there seems to be, and you know there's this discussion about trap dance all and what is real dancehall and what is not real dance, all about the authenticity being lost, and he's hearing the veterans talking about it. It seems to me that the music is in some sort of flux right now is
1: that is that the case right now i wouldn't i wouldn't I wouldn't add the words right now, you know it has been that way for a while <laughs> um and yes, um I think we are still. Searching, trying to find, unfortunately, trying to find our place. And 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 when I say that, I'm referring to our place within the global space. And I'm referring to to our place from an economic and a financial um, benefits standpoint. Um, and uh, and when I say that, I'm also just referring to Jamaican uh, music or Jamaican reggae music, and not necessarily reggae itself yeah and what I really mean is that my observation is that persons who perform record reggae music who are non-Jamaicans quite a few of them tend to do much better business-wise within the global space than persons who are based in Jamaica or are from Jamaica and there are a number of reasons for that yeah, so we have been searching Trying to find our way, in my view, um, in terms of how we participate in the global economy. When it comes to music, Um, reggae and other music forms from Jamaica have penetrated, you know, all corners of the globe and been accepted by, you know, the, the the public. And has been embraced by other creative persons. So there, in my view, isn't a problem. I'm going to just use reggae in a very broad sense. With reggae, so to speak, I think there's a problem with music coming out of Jamaica, not just Jamaica, <clears throat> out of the Caribbean. Yeah, in that we have um, struggled over the years to 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 um, fully participate in the economic returns from what we are creating. I think other people around the world have been able to do better than us in terms of reaping from the music that we have created.
0: If I just want to stick a pin in here, that sounds like a kind of exploitation, cultural appropriation is a kind of catchphrase that some people use. Um, but that seems to be a, the, our being as it was as a trading partner with the rest of the world. I mean, whether we're selling bananas or sugar, now selling reggae or Caribbean music, soca music, calypso music, we always seem to be on the on the, the bad end of the stick. As it was, is this like a continuation of how how does the Caribbean just as a broad region reposition itself to take advantage of this or to to be, to better ourselves in in terms of that trade disparity? Oh,
1: that sounds like about a week of um this question. Well. <laughs> but short <laughs> <laughs> answer. Um I think we have to I, I've tried to address some of these issues, you know, over the years. And I, I don't think we are doing a good enough job domestically in terms of how the partnerships between the creative persons um Those persons who 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 have money to invest in business and the government, you know, I see the development of the industry as a partnership between those three groups: the creatives. um, A lot of creatives don't have the financial resources to to do what they want to do, so they need to partner with persons who have financial resources. And then there is the government that needs to set, you know, the table so that we can function effectively. We have not done a very good job. Yes, we have not done a very good job with that. Yeah. So persons who are um, doing what we do in the United States, for example, I'm going to use the US as an example. I can also choose France. I could choose the UK. I could choose Germany. In those countries, um, they have had a tradition, Canada too, they've had a tradition of respect for the creatives um, in terms of you know supporting the development of that sector, um, government um, doing what is required to facilitate business development, whether it be putting the right kinds of rules, guidelines, laws in place to facilitate You know, interaction within the industry, whether it be supporting um, business development through um, special um, incentives, you know, which can come in the form of, you know, loans, grants, um, development funding. We haven't done enough of that, in my view, throughout the Caribbean to Uh assist creative persons to develop their business. So that, that has set us back, you know, and 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 we we have been struggling for years to try and you know close that gap
0: and catch up. Almost for decades. Yeah. Um just to follow on one more thing, I'm uh, trying to bring it back to the validation point. Something that Laura talked about in terms of the snub of dance, all any Grammy categories and It might seem like a pivot here. But um I've always been keen to understand because one of the things that we have in Soka is that we recognize that reggae category is identified at the Grammys and Apple Music and, and Spotify, wherever, as a unique category. And soccer is probably Underworld or something like that. Are you aware of how what had to happen, what kind of lobbying happened for reggae to get a category in the Grammy Awards? Are you aware?
1: I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm not. Uh, I don't have the, the details of the, you know, the history behind that. I would, based on how the Academy works, I I would suspect that there were persons who were members of the Academy who were, you know, fans of reggae. Who Chris loved Blackwell? It. Um, well, not necessarily Chris Blackwell, but I'm, I'm sure that Chris Blackwell, you know, would have had a voice in that space. You know, I mean, anything to do with the music industry, Chris Blackwell's voice is a very big voice. You know, regardless of genre. You know, he's one of the most respected persons alive mm. in the business of music. So I'm I'm sure that if he said something in that space, it would, you know, sound very loud, you know, and it would have an impact. But um. there are there are a number of persons who who um have been fans of reggae and believers in reggae music for many, many, many years who were already members of the Academy. And I suspect they may, may have lobbied to have, you know, an additional category introduced in, in the awards. And probably that is how the, the, the reggae Grammy category came about. Um, well, we, we need to have more persons who are participating, not just in reggae, but in Caribbean music. Um, yes. becoming. If yes. we consider the Grammy to be important, I think we need to have more persons who are making Caribbean music Becoming members of the academy because you can't impact what's going on from the outside. You know, every year we just talk and talk and talk, and we say the same thing every year. You know, but mm-hmm. we are not becoming members of the the organization so that we can do our talking on the inside.
0: Is it That's difficult to become a member of Naras? I, I'm just curious.
1: You just have to. You just you have to uh, meet the,
0: this, the um, requirements
1: requirements which are not stringent really you just have to be able to prove if you want to be a voting member mm-hmm. that you have um released the required number of recordings yeah or you are credited on the required number of recordings released in the period of time and be able to pay the annual dues that's all that's required and you can come from anywhere in the world mm-hmm. you don't have to be you know, resident in the United States or a citizen of the United States to become a member of the Academy. Once you have the number required number of recordings out and -hmm. you can pay the annual dues, you just go online and become a member. It's as easy as
0: that. It's as simple as that. that, Laura, talk to me.
1: Yeah, I want to
2: just go back to your I thought um, Lloyd, um, about you talking about what we are not doing in the Caribbean. So it seems to me to be a case of the way you treat yourself is the way others treat you. Um, that we are not giving ourselves our all, all music, our all creative and talents, the, the love and respect, and the energy it deserves. Yet we expect people from outside the region to do it for us. So you have you have been involved in in, in creating in in so many industrial associations. Um, is that where we need to start, or do we need to have industrial associations that could help us to? To, to, to create the avenues we need to to develop the love and appreciation the policies for the music do we need some sort of our own award shows what it is do we need in the caribbean to really position our music where we need it to be positioned before we could go there and tell people listen give me an award validate me
1: i think um industry associations are very critical to the development of yeah. any industry not just music you know Um, because if you want to get um action from anyone, they just use government. You know, government can't speak to every artist, you know, and government can't speak to every producer, every event promoter, but government can speak to an association of music promoters or an association of songwriters or producers or performing artists. So we do need organizations, yeah. We do have organizations, they need to be strengthened. You know their membership, um, in in some instances, um, could could be, you know, more um, proactive in terms of how they participate in the running of the organizations that we do already have, and that runs across the board throughout the Caribbean. That's my experience. You know, we have some organizations; there are others that we need to put in place. But trade associations, organizations representing rights holders. They're very critical to the development of the industry. You know, They're the ones who can um, lobby. They're the ones who can provide um, informal training and you know, education of, 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 of participants in the industry. So if we were to focus more on that, I think it would help us in many ways. It would help us to address you know, a number of the issues that we have already raised in our conversation so far. So yes, absolutely stronger organizations Um, it's it's important you know Um, having our own events um, whether they be award shows conventions um, trade shows that is also very critical you know I I learned the music industry by attending music trade shows that's how I learned the music industry I didn't learn the music industry by reading a book at law school You know, it was a combination of attending uh, Midem, for example, for many, 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 many years. know, I didn't go to Midem to get any deals. I went to Midem to learn, you know, um, and I went to the New Music Seminar in New York for many years, not to get any deals, but to learn about what is going on Mm -hmm. in the industry. Uh, We need to create more of our own activities like that. You know, and sustain them because we have tried. I have tried. You know, I, tell me, um, I was not <laughs> gonna. I was,
0: tell me about that experience because I, if I remember clearly, you created the Caribbean Music Expo,
1: right? So what we, was
0: that like? It started. I do think it's around today. So let me let's. Every, every okay. time
1: I hear those words, I have a big sigh <laughs> because <laughs> no, because um, that's the kind of entity that we need, you know, and the kind of activity that we need to not just get going but sustain and and, and, and facilitate the growth of you know um, music trade shows and again just like any other industry you know conventions and trade fairs play a significant role in industry development. So we had a Caribbean music Expo in Jamaica um, and and we for two years, 19 way back, <laughs> I think it was
0: 1999
1: uh-huh. and 2000. Yeah, I think that's when we um, hosted the two conventions in Jamaica, and we had people from yes. throughout the Caribbean. You know, Trinidad. I think most most countries were represented in terms of artists and speakers. And we came together mm-hmm. and we looked at various issues affecting the music industry. You know, um, so we had discussions and we had people showcasing their, their their talent and we had a trade fair, you know, with exhibits and so on. And it never lasted more than the two years. There are there have been other such events. Right now, there's a Jamaica Music Conference going that's going six, seven years now um but it is still at the stage where it is not impacting as many people as it should uh, so we do need to develop those activities you know without them we're not going to be able to as you know Laura said if we don't show the respect to ourselves then we can't expect others to treat to us. us so we have to, we have, to we have to work on ourselves and what we are doing you know, within our domestic space, and that mean when I say domestic, I don't mean Jamaica. I mean I'm a Caribbean man first. Yeah. Well, I mean back up. I'm a African first, yeah. Then I'm a Caribbean yeah, person, go. and then I'm a Jamaican. Mm. Eh? So when I say right, we, I, I'm really speaking about the Caribbean. You know, in in this conversation, mm-hmm. not just Jamaica.
2: So we we talk about you know the role of these these agencies. Um is artists can only do so much like artists really should be free to in a, in a perfect world just focus on creating um mm-hmm. when they do multiple things they, they they're responsible for their own marketing they might be responsible for their own booking they, they have to manage all aspects of their career outside of just making music um what role do, do private citizens like yourself um or us play in 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 that regard to help the industry you run majesty media um what role does agencies private agencies like that play in helping us to create an industry I think
1: uh, I think um, one of our weaknesses is um, the fact that we do not have enough persons who are able to provide the high level of management support that the creatives require. And, and that's a large group. That's a large group. That's the manager. That's the entertainment lawyer. And that's the marketing person. We can support the creatives. We don't have enough of those yeah, who are capable of providing the support services needed. So we need to focus as well on, on, on um, finding ways to create more of these people. You know, if we look at our law faculty, for example, at UWI, um, I think they just recently, in, in the last few years, introduced courses relevant to this industry. You know, they now have a, an intellectual property law course on the Did curriculum. Did not know
0: that. Did not no, know that. No, no. When
1: I was going to law school, there was nothing even remotely close mm. to anything to do with culture in terms of what we studied. Mm-hmm. So we have made some strides there in that we now have attorneys who are coming out of our UWI and our law schools who have some training in IP law. We have some entertainment management programs at the tertiary level throughout the region as well. Um, the Edna Manley College in Jamaica uh, you know, has introduced um, something like that's it. called music education. There's a course. But we have to improve those, you know, because I I have been able to observe what is done in places like the United States or the UK or Canada, where entertainment management, music business, I mean, these are established programs within tertiary institutions. It's very easy for someone to move into a program where they're trained in those areas. You know we are still, you know, not quite where we should be, as far as that is concerned. So therefore, we we don't have enough persons who can provide the support services to the creatives. So we have to we have to address that as well. So yeah, we have to address the associations as we said earlier, and we have to address the support personnel, people like me, and also integration. Sorry, and, and also
2: integration into other aspects of of the creative industries. I mean. Trinidad and we see we see a, a burgeoning film industry happening across the region, Jamaica, Trinidad. We're seeing more 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 interest in developing our stories. Um and that provides an outlet for our creatives in, in the music industry and in fashion, um, in technical skills. Um, I just recently did an interview with Agent Asco and I said, you know, I see so many, so many Jamaican artists. Collaborating with Afrobeats, Afrobeat producers, Afrobeat artists. What about? I mean, you all are more prominent than more than a lot of Caribbean artists. Why not collaborate with artists and, and producers in the region? Because there's so there's so many there's so much different types of genres and music happening in Caribbean that could easily mesh, mesh with with what Jamaica is putting out. So it, it to me it requires also a level a certain level of integration, and that's where things like Irie Radio comes Irie FM comes in. Because we are there to, we need to start promoting what we have in the Caribbean and all the different channels that we could possibly do.
1: I agree with you 100%, but we have, we, we have, we have still, and we have always had a problem with Caribbean people coming together. And, you know and, and since before
0: Federation
1: we, yes we've always had that problem and we I, still have that I've
0: got try and shade that you who just break up the Federation <laughs> break up the Federation
1: no, 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 no. I hear you loud and clear you know it's a reality it's a reality you know we've always had a problem with Caribbean people working together you know and, and, and that has held us back yeah right so so but I find because I, I live in Florida, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I live I live in Florida, but I'm still working in Jamaica, so to speak. The work I do, the people mm-hmm. I interact with are in Jamaica. And being in Florida, you come across your fellow Caribbean um, brothers, brothers and sisters. You you go to the same places. You you. What I let me just sum it up by saying what I find is that in Florida and possibly in New York it's the same. People from the Caribbean are more together than we are in the Caribbean. Yeah, and maybe it is by force we have been forced was- to.
0: I was not going to say that. I think the America just lump us together, English-speaking Caribbean, yeah. or even Haitians, everybody. everybody Once you're yeah. from the Caribbean, that's it. Yeah. You're Caribbean-American, full stop. Yeah, but it,
1: but it has allowed us to you know be closer in that space. But I mean, Trinidad is far, you know, from Jamaica. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying. You were that? You going to say that? It's far.
0: All yeah, right, you can't swim to it. It probably takes about three hours to fly to it. I understand that. But that
1: itself creates a barrier. You know, mm-hmm. you might not. It does create a barrier in terms of. Us yeah, I found. I found
2: that the islands that tend to the more northern islands tend to look in a in a northerly direction rather than to look back into the we south. To,
1: to... We have been trained <laughs> to look north.
2: Yes. Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah we need you all to turn around though we need you all to turn around no no i'm not I'm not, saying it's a, I'm not saying it's a <laughs> good thing in fact mm. it's not a good thing yeah mm. it's not no. a good thing at all to keep looking in that direction you know Because then yeah. they're not really looking at us
0: <laughs> yeah Ah, that's important as you talk about, that's quite true, quite true that, that they're not looking at us and that kind of comes back to this notion of how we sell ourselves mm-hmm. if that's the right phrase and um, one of the things that, well, Laura and I have been discussing it relative to some soca artists, and I'm sure it happens also to the reggae and dancehall artists, is the notion of how we market, right? Mm-hmm. You've already noted your company, Majesty Media. But one of the things that really is popping up now, of course, is the, not now, but for a while now, is the social media, the prevalence of social mm-hmm. media. Mm-hmm. And I have this conversation with Laura herself about the impact of radio versus social media, Right. Mm-hmm. Re- you could be very popular on social media and your song in playing and, and your tell yourself, I, I don't, I just, I have this, I'm a little skeptical about the power of social media to drive people. I mean, unlike YouTube, which has numbers that kind of impact, but I have a, a, a million followers on, on Instagram and I, I have to get a job. Sorry, go back on the farm or get a job in a kitchen or something like that. From your perspective as a advocate, as a marketer, as a representative of reggae and dance or music. Can you differentiate the, the two or are they all part of the same thing or is it that the Caribbean people generally have a disadvantage vis-a-vis Europe, vis-a-vis North America? It's kind of a long question, but work with me if you can.
1: Are, are you comparing traditional media with... with
0: could I could, um, I could I say what you're... Please do, yes. But you're, so far, I'm, what I'm hearing is correct. Yes, I'm trying to do that comparison. And whether the impact is, I mean, sh- should they work together? Is it better? Is it worse? How does it work for, for carbon musicians, social media versus Irish FM, yeah, traditional okay, media? Okay, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, they work together. They're still both. The, traditional media is still very important. But um, new media is, is playing a bigger role today. I think we are a little behind in terms mm-hmm. of How we use social media for marketing purposes. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We are, I think, not not a little, we are quite a bit behind. Way behind. Mm -hmm. But there are some good things that come with COVID, you
0: know. (laughs) No, there are
1: some good things that come with COVID. I have observed um, because people have more time on -hmm. their hands, they're spending more time in the social media space. Mm -hmm. And some people are being very creative, you know, within the social media space and they are building networks and they are creating audiences and they are broadcasting, you know, to these audiences. And I've seen quite a few channels that have been established on YouTube, for example, that are...
2: (laughs) I mean, yes, they're they're they're,
1: they're, they're 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 a serious audience. You know Listen to
2: me, Lloyd. <laughs> Jamaicans have taken over YouTube. I watch YouTube on a daily basis, and I am always amazed at how many Jamaican entertainment shows there are on YouTube.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's that's one of that's one of the good things that I have noticed. It was always there. But I think since the pandemic, because people have more time, both those who are creating this content and those who can't go to the club, you know, they have more time to spend in that space, you know? So you yes. have more creators and then you have a bigger audience as well. So that, that, I'm, I'm hopeful that that could continue to develop and get us to the stage where we learn um, how to better use the social media space.
2: How do we translate the publicity? Because um, social media obviously allows us to reach markets that we probably would not have reached. Um, TikTok, Instagram, TikTok more more so now, allowing us to reach the different uh, younger demographic. It allows us to penetrate all over the world places that probably didn't know about Caribbean culture. How do we turn that into money. Because um, but it's 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 literally just marketing and publicity. But how do you then how do artists then capitalise on that and turn that into actual money?
1: Um there are as you as you just you know identified, it has a dual role. You know, it provides a vehicle for publicity, but it also provides an opportunity for generating um income. You know, you have a YouTube channel, for example, I'm going to use YouTube as an example. YouTube gives, you know, new opportunities to monetize what you are placing as your content within your channel. You know, so the persons who have developed YouTube channels, I know of an entity, I'm not going to call any names, but I know of an entity that makes a ton of money (laughs) just (laughs) by having a YouTube channel.
0: A Jamaican-based one or a North American-based artist? Neither. Oh, well. I'm not going to say any more. I'm not going to say any more. (laughs)
1: Call names, Lloyd. Call names. Call names,
0: buddy. That's his face. It's
1: neither Jamaican nor North American (laughs) nor Caribbean.
0: Okay. All right. We have the rest of the world to deal with. All right. It
1: makes a lot... It makes... uh, You know, it it, it does well, yeah, from just having a YouTube channel because they have... Uh, a, a very big um, subscriber base. Um, they have a lot of content, and they have a huge audience. And once you have that on YouTube, you know you can monetize. You know you, the person who owns that channel, can monetize. And um, the, the 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 content creators um, should. I mean to say that again. Should. I mean say it again. <laughs> should. <laughs> Participate. One more time with <laughs> should, should participate in some of what is generated from these opportunities that are created. but just like when the music started in the Caribbean, there were persons who knew a little bit more than others and took advantage of the situation. and we're going to a similar cycle right now with social media and new media. where those persons who are more aware of how this thing works, they have jumped out there and they're doing stuff from which they are benefiting and the, the, the primary creators are not getting as much as they should. And it's because some people just see social media as a place to go and chat and gossip and so on, not knowing that it is a, is, is an opportunity to develop a serious business that can generate some money. They just want to go there and talk t- about you know I'm call a name. I'm not gonna call it well, a name, names. but there's a lot of hype, <laughs> right? There's a lot of hype around <laughs> what we do, right? In that space, yeah.
0: Ah uh, I Maybe. now Maybe. got you. I now get here. I our slow down. I hear yeah.
1: So I mean, we just have to, you know, we have to, you know, I think we have done well though in terms of um you know, catching on to the the opportunities that are available to us through social media. You know, we we have it's it looks promising, let me
0: put it that way.
2: Yes. Definitely is this has been such an exciting conversation, Lloyd.
0: Yeah. Two things I want to ask you about. Um so here I go. So Lloyd, you know, um one of the things that I do remember when you came to try I think it was about 2015. At that time, I think you had not too long ago had released a book called Reggae Roadblocks. Mm-hmm which I think was about the business, if I understand it correctly, and correct me, about the business, um, the, the business potential of reggae mm-hmm. music. Yeah, correct that's me, correct. If I yeah. Wrong, has much changed in those five years? Because one of the things that you were discussing, we were, discussing, we were talking about plans and, and policies that, and potential conversations. Even your CME, Caribbean Music Expo, was basically 20 years ago. Five years ago, you had this problem we have already noted that there's been a kind of dearth or a kind of lack of competence, managerial-level business people in the music industry. What is happening? In 2020, going into 2021, we had this pandemic. What's the future for for reggae music, for dancehall music, for Caribbean music, if you see something based on your knowledge and based on what you've done over the last you know, 30, 40 years?
1: Well, we have continued to improve. Yeah, we have. You know things are yeah. better than they were five years ago and ten years ago, but we were so mm-hmm. far behind, and we still are so far behind where we should be, you know that even though we have mm-hmm. improved, we still have a very long way to go in terms of doing it right. you know what we have in the caribbean the music the Caribbean has the best music in the
0: world thank you there's
1: no yeah, yeah. question yeah, yeah. there's no questioning that yeah
0: Let's not play games. That's right. It. Caribbean music has matters. the best
1: music in the world. Yeah. Um, and um, we just need to, we in the English speaking Caribbean, because I find that persons in the Spanish speaking Caribbean have done better than us.
0: Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. They're dropping bill- billion views every... That's why i But,
1: but, but. <laughs> people from Puerto Rico, people from Cuba, people from the Dominican Republic, mm. you know? Yeah. And I think one of the reasons for that is that they, they they tend to maintain a connection between, a closer connection between the persons who are in the Caribbean and those who are outside. Mm.
0: Yeah, Probably. They retain their heritage, is that yeah, yes. proper to Not say?
1: they retain their heritage, but they also interact with each other much more than mm. we do. Yeah.
0: Collaborate, yes. Yeah, when, yes, when, that when is you, true. you
1: when 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 you leave Jamaica and go to live in Florida, people say you have run away. Yeah. Yeah. that's all you have. You are described as someone who why you run away? You're gone. Yeah,
0: abandoned. Yeah, yeah. You're gone. Happen say trying that too.
1: You can't be gone. It's one world we live in. Yeah.
0: But uh, the, but don't Jamaicans retain anywhere. their Jamaicanness? A Jamaican is a Jamaican. Anyway, it could be in Russia, it could be in Poland, it could be in Miami, Florida. You remain as a Jamaican. Ad- admittedly, some Trinidadians become something else. <laughs>
1: we do, we do, we do, but we do not um, interact as closely
0: as we should. You. Yeah. You mm.
1: know, those who are in the Caribbean and those who are in Europe or North America. Mm. It's an asset. To me, it's an asset to have Caribbean people outside of the Caribbean. It's not, it's not something to be scoffed at. You know? People should not say, boy, you run away. See it as an asset, you know. The market. I Jama- Absolutely. You know, that's how Jamaican music became the force that it is, because people immigrated, you know, people went to Panama, yeah, mm-hmm. to build the canal, and then there came reggaeton.
0: Yes. Yeah? There's yes. A direct
1: connection
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: between the fact that Jamaicans went to Panama
0: mm-hmm.
1: from way back when.
0: Yeah, nineteen twelve, nineteen o four. 1904,
1: yeah. Right. I heard so. Mm-hmm. So, so so, when your dance hall beats in Panama, it's nothing strange to them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> because there are persons who have been there for over a century mm-hmm. from Jamaica. You know, then the Jamaican Zoo went to England oh to God. work on railroad or what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is how Bob Marley became Bob Marley.
0: Yeah, the English market.
1: Yeah, and and Shaggy, Shaggy's first, you know, bite of success was O'Carolina in England. You know, so the fact that we move all over the place has enabled us to create these opportunities for cultural penetration.
0: Gotcha. That's
1: how well I would put it. You know, so it's, a, it's an asset, actually. Mm.
0: It's important that we do travel. And, and as I said, we do travel. And we, and I personally think that we have to retain that identity. But at the same time, as you recognize, we are a market for yeah. content coming out of the Caribbean.
1: Exactly. And
0: exactly. Whether, you're, whether you're an athlete, the fastest man in the world, or you're the biggest reggae star in the world, you're a Jamaican. And there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong in saying that, right? I mean, we've, we've had our ups and downs with writers who write about Trinidad and, claim they're Englishmen and all that kind of stuff and I mean Nobel Prizes. <laughs> but um, we we retain them. We don't care. We say no he's one of us, right? But that said exactly. that said, um there is, is something to do with Majesty Media.
1: You, you have both mentioned Majesty Media a couple yeah. of times.
0: Uh-huh. So Majesty
1: Media what I have been doing in recent years is I wrote that book because of what I experienced mm-hmm. over the years.
0: Regular roadblocks. Um,
1: Yeah, I wrote regular roadblocks because that's what I saw Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, artists from Jamaica interacting with the global space. You know, some of the barriers in their way, some of the challenges that they face. So I wrote that book. And then I created Majesty Media three, four years ago because I saw where a lot of artists and events um, did not... Have the kind of publicity and marketing support that they needed. Mm-hmm. And they, have, yes. they have good product, you know, good content, but you don't. Sometimes nobody knows, or not enough people know, you know. So there was a disconnect between the creatives and traditional media and in the new media space. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So Majesty Media is really an entity that. At this point in time, we're focused on publicity mm-hmm. for artists. So we provide publicity services and mm-hmm. marketing advice, you know, mm-hmm. to artists. And we are also now getting into doing the same for events. Yeah. So these activities are what I would call some kind of a solution to some of what I have observed, because yeah, I've seen where. People put out good music, but the radio DJ doesn't have it. So if he doesn't have it, he can't play it. You know, and a lot of artists probably think that the DJ is gonna get up and go search for music. No DJ searches for music because you're getting so much music as a not, DJ. Yeah,
0: you
1: know, <laughs> maybe they get
0: tens if not Every, dozens. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So you have to find ways to get your music to the media, and not mm-hmm. just get it to them, but remind them that they got it. And you can remind them that they got it in various ways or, mm-hmm. you know, tell them, tell them more about where it's coming from, why it's done, who's behind it. So you have to create a story to go with your content, you know, yes. that, that enables, that, that generates interest from the media person that you're interacting with so that they expose your stuff. You know, we, we, we have been weak mm-hmm. in that area. You know, I hear so many radio, both, traditional and new media mm-hmm. people saying, you know, they just don't, they just don't get stuff. You know, sometimes they go search for it
0: mm-hmm.
1: because they really want to have it, yes. but they're not properly serviced by the artists or their managers or the producers of the music. So that's what Majesty Media tries to do on behalf of our clients.
2: I find that so odd Lloyd, because I'm not a DJ. And I know once you get yourself on one media list, you end up on multiple others. I get so much new music in my inbox from all over the region, including Jamaica. It is not funny. Yeah. So it's very odd to hear that radio. People would be saying they don't know, they don't get it, or they don't know where to look I, because it's not to me it's not that difficult to get the music.
0: I, I write reviews and I similarly get a lot of music, new music. So it's, I, I hear what you're saying, but um, I've also there's this notion of, um, there's this concept of peola. I'm sure you've heard about it, obviously. And... um. <laughs> You laugh, so I know you know it, <laughs> but the idea of DJs being very selective and recognizing there's a business opportunity. I mean, just to pivot ever so slightly, the payola in the Jamaican music industry I remember reading an article many years ago about that. Is that a thing? Is that a myth, or can you not comment? Of
1: yes, course, I can comment. Um, it's not a myth at all, you know. Mm. Um, it has been there, still is there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think, it's because of the opportunities mm-hmm. provided by social media. Mm-hmm. I think um, it it is not it it doesn't play as significant a role as it used to, but it okay. still exists.
0: It still exists. And it, right. st-
1: it still is a problem,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. But a lot of artists and producers are now finding that mm-hmm. you know if they have time and they're creative and they know how to use social media they can get the publicity that they would normally go pay a dj to give them you know mm-hmm. they can find ways to publicize what they are doing to get their music heard mm-hmm. without having to pay mm-hmm. someone to play
0: to play the music yeah? but it still play. exists
1: it still exists mm. You know, it's everywhere. Not just in, It's all over the place. It's I'm all sure over, it's yes. that
0: too. <laughs> Trust me, there's is <laughs> concerned conversation about they not playing music on the radio and that kind of stuff. And, of course, conversation about a mafia, quote-unquote, which is, I particularly think it's, it's probably an exaggeration. But that's just me on the outside looking in. Um, Lloyd, this has been, as Lloyd has already noted, this has been a very enlightening and interesting conversation that um, – speaks to the wider Caribbean music and of course speaks to our kind of understanding of the kind of separate roles that the creative has and the, the business people, the b- people behind the music. I know that there's this kind of idea that music business people are quote unquote, I will not say the devil. They're necessary, but yet still they're not to be trusted. One person already, once somebody had coined the music industry as a grand hustle where relationships are more important than talent sometimes. And I recognize that the, the role of persons like you and your company, Majesty Media, and lawyers, with you being a lawyer, and a, certainly being an advocate, and of course, being a, a founder of a radio station, the, the kind of catalyst of form to, to create some kind of order within the Jamaican music industry in terms of formation of these industry associations. One of the things that becomes apparent to me is that there, there are two kinds of people in the music industry. We have to acknowledge that and they each have significant roles that must be respected and acknowledged. It's not sexy to talk about the music business. It's more sexy to talk about Protegi and your album. But the people behind the market and the push to get that deal are sometimes left out of the conversation. But um, that's just me rambling on here. So, (laughs) um, Lloyd, Mm -hmm. I certainly were very happy that we've had this conversation. I want us to continue having conversations like this, certainly on Music Matters the Caribbean Edition, because I think our listeners need to understand and hear what the music business is really like and understand, certainly from a person of your vantage point, how difficult it has been, how long this process has been going on, and as you've noted, how far behind we still are in the kind of media landscape, whether it be social media or even the, the proper market and landscape of the thing. So, Laura, talk to me.
2: Yes, um, Lloyd, thank you so much for being here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's usually this this perception that Jamaica is, has done has, they have, they've, they've conquered the world and everybody else in the Caribbean is trying to figure out how to follow that model but I think you know we've really seen where the Jamaica music industry is is in need of help as well and it really does shed a light on what we in the Caribbean need to do collectively we can't I think the time has gone for us to just think of ourselves as individual entities and we really need to start moving as one big creative block because we have produced so much music in this region our music is so intertwined with each other right. um feed off of each other um there's so many collab so much collaboration happening between artists between producers and musicians it's very f- a lot of fluid movement in the creative industry in the Caribbean so I think the time has come for us to really start taking ourselves seriously as, as you say and, and and really working as a region to help Create a proper music industry infrastructure and push the music forward. So, thank you so much for all your your expertise and your insights. I think it was really, I felt very excited. So, we definitely need to have you on at some point to continue
1: because we could talk all day, Lloyd. There you go. Well, thanks for having me. And I I just want to close by saying I don't want to give the impression that we have not done well Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. a region. Because that would be crazy to say. True. Because we have done very well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Yes. You know, throughout, you know, we have done very, very well. But the the potency of what we do is so great that there's so much more that we could have done.
0: Correct. Yes. There's
1: so much more benefit that could have come to us that we should not be satisfied with Mm -hmm. what we have accomplished at all. But we have accomplished a lot. Yeah? I don't want anyone to think that I'm shooting down Caribbean people and Caribbean music and so on. Not at all. Yes. I just believe that what we have is so big and so valuable that we could do more
0: with it. Yeah. And that is, our goal is not necessary to, to poo-poo what has been out there. I mean, we really want to talk about the music music industry in the Caribbean and, of course, get voices who are out there, whether we're talking to artists or to business people or lawyers, advocates, whatever it is, so um, yes. again I, I, I want to thank you very much for your time and opportunity, and of course, thank you, Lloyd Stanbury, for the work that you have done and putting it out there and as I said, yes, as Laura thanks, said thanks. we we're definitely going to have you back and you're a friend you 're going to be a friend of this podcast for quite some time come in the future, so look out <laughs> for, for more invitations
1: as it was right it was, it was it was my pleasure to be here with you guys. and for sure, you know we can talk again, and we should talk again.
0: There you go, wonderful. Yes, we should. All right, so Laura, this has been a, and as a, our famous line, an enlightening conversation. <laughs> but at the same time, I think this is this has said a lot of, in terms of the wider Caribbean music industry, some focus on Jamaica, but understanding where the Caribbean sits in the world of music as it was, and um, we look forward to more. And as as he, as twenty twenty winds down and this COVID pandemic, hopefully subsides or or goes away in early 2021 we'll see what the future of music looks like of course we have no carnival in Trina but there are opportunities for us with the COVID and the social media for us to do things as Lloyd has said so look forward
2: yes our aim is to help push the music forward
0: yeah that's what it is so as Lloyd said we
2: have we have have accomplished a lot mm -hmm. but we keep moving we need to keep pushing forward there you go you know guys remember before we wrap up remember you can find us on Spotify on iTunes on Google Music Apple or, Apple,
0: Apple Podcast Stitcher TuneIn we're all on all yes. the platforms we're also on look social us media look on Facebook
2: and Instagram
0: Music Matters Caribbean we're all over the place and we have a website yes. podcast.iradio.tt so that's what it is so look forward to us next edition of Music Matters so that's it for us in this edition I am Nigel Campbell I'm Laura Darius and you've been listening to Music Matters the Caribbean edition.
2: Bye! Bye!